Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. says Christ in us is the hope of glory I want you to understand the weight of that what is that glory it means the wisdom and the power of God are the pillars of his glory the wisdom of God and the power of God is the pillar of his glory where his power is, his glory is revealed. Where his wisdom is, his glory is revealed. And guess what? That same God lives on the inside of you and me. Christ in me is power in me. Wisdom of God in me. I, I like you to be Christ inside minded say with me say I am Christ inside minded I am Christ inside minded I am power of God inside minded I am wisdom of God inside minded. 
greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I overcome every limitation because the limitless one lives in me because I believe all things are possible to me Lift your hands and worship Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, sweet Spirit, we pray. please have your seat can you close that door once I start preaching I told you guys you shut that door hallelujah amen glory to God look at your neighbor say Jesus loves you 
and he has a word for you. Oh, say that with a smile. If the person is not saying it with a smile, leave the person alone. Say, Jesus loves you. And he has a word for you this morning. Hallelujah. All right, so quick announcement. We have barely two weeks to our program. I hope you know that. 28. And I want to ask you a question this morning. What are you doing towards the program? What are you doing? Who have you invited? There are about four areas. Your immediate family. Those of them you have within Portacol. Have you invited anybody? That's your family. What of your neighbors, the one around you? Have you gone to anyone to tell them, hey, we have a meeting coming and I'd like you to be a part of it? Because you still have time to do that. Uh, when you invite somebody like a day or two to the program, you're really not serious. Because if you have enough time and you never mentioned it, uh, it will look as if you, are, you're, you're not, you didn't want the person to come. All right? So you still have some time if you've not done anything to go to your neighbors, the one you greet almost every day and you have a compound meeting with. Go to them, tell them we have a meeting coming and I'd like you to be a part of it because it will bless you. Also, your colleague in the office. You can invite your colleagues in the office, the one you work with every day, your business people. Tell them about the meeting. Those in your department, those that are not in your department, you go to them. I told you that the reason we're born again is so we can reconcile men to God. God's interest is not things, it's people. Do you understand that? Because there is only one thing that can leave this earth and transcend to the next realm. That's you and I. No property can leave. Paul said, naked we came, naked we leave. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so every other thing is just decoration. Your clothes is decoration. Your job is decoration. Money is decoration. God gave them to us so we can serve his purpose while we're here. It is not the reason why we're here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what the Bible says. What shall he profit the man if he gains the whole world and what? Loses his own soul. I don't want to lose my soul and you will not lose your soul in Jesus' name. So in, in the kingdom of God, your impact, your contribution is rated in terms of the people you've been able to to impact. How many people have looked at you since you got born again and since you've been coming to church and say, hey, I want to come to the church you're going to. I've looked at your life and I've seen a remarkable difference in your life and I want to come with you to church. If they've not done that, something is wrong. Jesus said the measure of impact of a Christian is measured by his effect on people. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. He said, by this shall all men know that you are what? You are my disciple. So the proof that you are a disciple of Christ is your impact on people. So if you're born again, when they talk about the people that quarrel the most, is you. When they talk about the people that is making trouble in the compound, is you. When they talk to the people that anytime they're having a meeting and you are in that meeting, the meeting will never have head. Is you. There's something is wrong with your testimony. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you, you, you need to keep that in mind. Your, your life testimony is your impact. And your impact is a measure of the word of God that is alive in you. If the word of God is not changing you and it's not affecting you, you have nothing to deliver. Because your impact is the word. So when you come to church and your value for the word is very low, people say, no, I, I, I only like worship. I only like, I only like praise. I only like singing. Then, then you don't understand 
what the church is. Thank God we're teaching something that will help us offer quality service to God. So please make sure you're making something towards that. If you've not invited, the handbill has been given, share it. Hey, I, I want you to come. So do that immediately after church. Then you can go on the street. And also when we have, our, I think we have by outreach by 5 o'clock today, everybody expected to come. 5 p.m., come. It will go there. Be a blessing to somebody. Say amen. amen. All right. Then also, um, I'm going to be having a meeting with all the Inspire 12 leaders next Sunday after second service. So since none of you have given me a report yet, I want all the heads of the Inspire 12 to prepare their report for the last one month. It's almost about a month plus since we started. I want to see the progress of the system. So all leaders, you're going to have a meeting with me, everybody, and I'm going to have a meeting over your form. Remember the form. In case you don't have it, they will put it back on the Inspire 12 platform. All the people you've called, I want to see those you've been calling. I want to see the effect, the response of the people you've been reaching out to in the last one month, what is the response like, and according to what we put there. So all the Inspire 12 leader, please pay, take notice next Sunday after second service. I want to have your report. You can fill it up, soft copy. You don't have to print it if you can type. But if you are manual, like Chinedu, you know, you are still analog. You know, you can print it like um, hard copy and come or, but, but I need a report. Amen? I said amen. amen. Yeah, I need a report. The, the impact of a ministry is measured by the lives of the group. And we care about people's lives. We care about their spiritual welfare. welfare. Coming to church is just the, the time you get trained. The impact of church in your life is what we're interested in. Is the word you're hearing changing you? Is it affecting your life? Is it transforming you? Are there testimonies in your life? Are there issues going on? So all Inspire 12, make sure you get your reports ready. And we're going to have a meeting next week. Please, no excuse. If you give me an excuse, will quietly and decently drop you from the leadership. What it means is that you're not committed, uh, you know, focused. I don't want to hear stories. So all those that are not here, let them be aware. Those who are here, let them also be aware. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. If, if you come to church, you can't say praise God. What are you doing here? Yeah? I said hallelujah. Uh -huh. Hallelujah, praise God, amen. It's what we do here. It's what we're going to be doing in heaven. So when we shout it, don't be looking at me as if I'm speaking in tongues. When I say praise God, you shout hallelujah. Is that not so? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. amen. Somebody say God is a good God. If you believe that, shout a good amen. amen. Uh, on Friday, we're praying here. For those of you who miss prayer meeting, please don't. It's not, it's not helpful. God showed us something. He said, this forthcoming program will be a shift in our life and in the ministry. A shift, a major shift. And the Lord showed us a, a true door like this one that is trying to flap open. And, and we've been pushing. I took some time to pray a lot yesterday um, and also to pray this morning. And we're pushing it because I believe there's a season of an open door that is about to blow open in Jesus' name. So make sure you prepare your heart prayer-wise 
and commitment-wise to what God is getting ready to do. We're not just having a program. What the Holy Spirit made us understand on Friday is that this forthcoming program of increase is a prophetic message that God is releasing into our life and the church to shift us to the next season of God for our life in Jesus' name. Oh, somebody say, I'm excited. Somebody say, I am excited. All right, praise the Lord. Now, how many of you saw the... Uh, can, I, can I have my Samsung phone, Tayo? How many of you saw the update on the Salmon Note? How many of you saw it on the platform yesterday? You know, ask it. One, how many of you saw it? Raise your hand. If you didn't lose, see it, then uh, you miss, that means you don't look, then you don't know what's going on in church. Because you cannot be a member of the Refuge House Church and you don't check your WhatsApp every day. It means you're not a member of the church. If you are truly a member, you will see what is being posted. You will read the update so you know what is being taught, what is being given, and what the Lord is saying to us and the things that are going on. So you are part. When you are part of something, you get involved. You, you can't put your, your WhatsApp and you see a post on the Refuge House Church that you cover it. Or on the workers' platform that you put it down. Or your department. that something is wrong. So how many of you saw the update on the Salmon Note last Sunday? Let me see your hand. One, two, three, four. These are the people that love the word. The, the rest of you. you. You need to talk to yourself. I said raise your hand if you saw it. Don't, okay, stand up. Let me know. If you know you didn't see it, remain sitting, except for our guest. Yes, in a church like this, are the only people that look. Stand, stand, if you saw the note. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, let me ask the usher. I don't know whether you passed standing or sitting. Let me ask the rest of you what happened to you. Take this thing serious, this carelessness, you know, this carefreeness. You don't check, you don't care. Please stop it. Are you hearing me? Did you hear what I said? Stop it. This stubbornness that you just do what you like. When they will advise you, they will give you counsel, advise you on something that will help you. You don't care. You don't stop it before it stops you. Did you hear what I said? Stop it. The people will always say, stop sin before sin stops you. Anything that is not making you emphasize the word. Stop it before it stops you. Did you hear what I said? I saw a post from Crefordola yesterday. He said, anything that is trying to force you not to pray, say, stop it. Are you hearing me? He said, because whatever is not making you pray is trying to stop you. So not, not focusing on the word and prayer is serious. I don't care whether it's your job. You can be deceiving yourself and say you are busy. But when the evil day shows up, it's not a negative prophecy. There will be a time when the enemy will come for you. And if you are not granted, the reason Satan left Jesus was that when Satan came, Jesus gave him everything on the world. So he had nothing to do. So he had to go back again. Bible said in Luke 4, he left him for a season and for an another opportune time. So Satan will always come back. Because the Bible tells us to be sober and be vigilant. And one of the ways to do that is to put the word of God as priority. So when your pastor takes time to put a sermon note that he preached last Sunday to give you an update of what was preached, so you're focusing the word, the least you can do is read it. Is that clear? 
So if for those of you that are not doing that, you better repent. It's not helping you. All right, please, let me go through that, and I'm going to teach what I'm teaching. Uh, it's on the WhatsApp platform. Those of you that have not read it, you can read it. Update on last Sunday. I tried to do that so that you can follow up what we're teaching. We said Romans 12, 11 says, King James Version, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. I said we have established from the word that slothfulness is the product of the unbelief of spiritual slumber. So we said unbelief, I mean spiritual slumber is what? Unbelief. It's a manifestation of unbelief in the mind. Spiritual slumber is a manifestation of unbelief where? In the mind. It's the mind. Mind. When it, when it manifests in the mind, it causes the believer to become lazy or draggy when it comes to his spiritual responsibility. We said the goal of slothfulness is to prevent the believer from serving the Lord. That's, that's the end game. The reason the devil wants you to be slothful so you don't serve God. It doesn't serve God. It starts with it making being personal. But if you can break you down on the personal level, the reason is doing that is so that when it comes to serving God, you will not be able to do that. All right. So we said the believer has been saved to have a relationship with God and to serve him. That's what we're called sons of God and servants of God. Serving the Lord is the business of the believer. Say with me, say serving God is my business. Say that, say, serving God is my business. All right. Now, to serve the Lord requires fervency in spirit. To be fervent in spirit is to be hot or burning for the Lord. Fervency is an attitude of consistency in commitment. Say that, say, consistency in commitment. Thus, the goal of slothfulness is to replace the fervency of the believer so he would not be able to serve the Lord as he should. We also establish that God created man as a service-oriented creature. Say with me, say, I am a service-oriented creature. God created man with the instinct to serve him. So it's in every man to serve. That's why when people don't know God, they will serve something. They will serve someone and they will serve. It's in man to serve. God put it there. All right? So we said service, the fulfillment of man is connected to his service of God. The fulfillment of man is connected to his service of God. Now we said service or to serve is a commitment of what? Time, energy, and what? And resources to scripturally prescribe activities in honor of God. What's going on? In honor of God. Now, God established in scripture that service is proof of worship. Say that with me. Say service is proof of worship. What you serve is what you worship. Who you serve is who you worship or adore. God created man as a service creature with the intention to worship him through service. It's in man's nature to serve. Without the knowledge of the truth, this God-given instinct will be abused. 
We can see that today in people serving idolatry and all kinds of stuff. All right? The devil and all demons also know from the proclamation of God that man will never be fulfilled in his life without serving God. Remember Exodus 23, 25. He said, and you shall serve the Lord your God. And what will you do? He'll take sickness away from you. Is that not so? He will take sickness away from you. Then in Job 36, 11, he said, if you obey and serve him, what will you do? You will spend your days in what? In what? And your years in what? Come on. You know that. Can you put that on the screen? Job 36, 11. He said, if you obey and serve him, what will happen to you? He will do what? Okay, can you read that? What did he say? Want to go? Uh-huh. Do you know, do you know that, that's what we pray for? Oh, God, give me breakthrough. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And I told you that when you serve God genuinely, there are some prayers you will not pray. Because your service will do the prayer for you. The problem with many of us is that we're trying to put the cart before the horse. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, then the things that will play out according to God's purpose and design will play out in your life. Some of the things we're looking for, we're seeking for, we're pursuing, God in his system has designed them to follow us. That's why he said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his word, righteousness, and every other thing shall be added to you. You are not to seek the addition. When you seek the addition, what it simply means is that God is no longer the focus. You're only interested in what he can do for you, what he can give you, not him. And God's purpose for bringing you close to him is to know him. But sometimes we get hooked up. Maybe before you got to where you are and, and, and certain things were not there, all of a sudden certain blessings began to show up around your life. Things began to play out in your life. And, and, and God started blessing you materially and, and relational-wise, influence-wise. Then all of a sudden you stop focusing on your pursuit of God and you start focusing on the stuff. That's a big mistake. Hallelujah. So we don't do that, all right? So we said, since the devil desires to be like God, he is obsessed with being worshipped. The devil desires to be like God, is obsessed with being worshipped. The devil knows that if he succeeds in getting believers to be slothful in the business of serving the Lord, they will become open to idolatry. If he gets them to be slothful in the business of serving God, they'll become open to what? Idolatry. Very good. What is idolatry, we said, is the predominant and obsessive commitment to the service of personal business interests. Your family, your job, your everything, your, your business, everything that has to do with you becomes your major angle. Everything about God becomes second place. In fact, you only come around God when you have a problem and you need to fix something. So you're, in a sense, trying to use God to blow or to get ahead. And that's wrong. Your heart will be corrupted in that sense. All right? God has so much in store for you. What he will release into your life when you genuinely serve him, your mouth can ask him. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yes, Did you hear what I just said? What God wants to bring into your life, 
as a result of serving him. Your mouth cannot ask for it. The things he wants to bring you into and the things he wants to bring to you when you genuinely serve God, they'll start speaking. Are you hearing me? All right, so keep that in mind. So we said, um, these are all in the notes, right? So we said, we have established that serving the Lord is a commitment of time, energy, and resources to scripturally prescribed activities done to honor and worship God. You cannot claim to serve God without engaging in these prescribed scriptural activities required to serve him. Jesus taught and practiced true service to God. Hear him. I, keep, I, I refer to scripture you're supposed to read. And we said an important lesson to learn about true service is that you cannot truly serve God on your terms. Did you hear what I said? You, you can't get a job in a company and tell them how you are going to work for them. They will tell you how you should work for them. Is that not so? That's the way it works. You don't say, HRO, from tomorrow I'll be the HRO member, manager. You will be the... They will just hack you. Okay? You don't serve God on your term. This is a deception that disqualifies the service of a lot of God's children today. Our service to God is our spiritual sacrifices that we offer to the Lord. Seven, the Lord begins with serving in the house of God. Say with me, say, seven, the Lord begins with serving in the house of God. Now, the house of God is the Father's house that has been designated as a place of corporate service and worship. We are to serve God out of a motivation of love and not fear. This motivation of love is based on the liberty that has been given to us in Christ. Please, can you shut your phone down? Please, put your phone either silent or switch it off. Please, let's respect God's presence. Liberty in this regard speaks of relating in service to God out of the knowledge of who we are in Christ and what he has enabled us to be or do in Christ. Christ has taken the fear and guilt away so we can function in righteousness and true holiness. Say amen. amen. So today we're going to begin to look at planted to serve. Say that when we say planted to serve. Say that one more time. What do we mean by planted to serve? I'd like you to turn your Bible to John chapter 10. We're going to read two scriptures. John chapter 10, verse 1 to verse 4, and the book of Mark chapter 9, verse 38 to 40. John, King James Version, John chapter 10, verses 1. We've begun our Bible reading. Uh, I hope you're following up. We started reading the New Testament again with Amplified Version, the classic edition. So make sure you are following the daily 10 chapters a day reading. We're currently in the book of Luke. We started it today. It will be our sixth day. So make sure you are following the Bible reading. All right? John chapter 10, verses 1 to verse 4. Are we there? He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus speaking, He that entereth not by the door into the shipfold. I'd like you to make notes of that word, shipfold. Everybody say shipfold. Say that one more time. Say shipfold. Please, if there's anybody there that is not in the security, tell them to come inside. Outside. Let them come inside. Including that. All right? Please. All right. Everybody say shipfold. But climbed up some other way. The same is a thief and a robber. Verse 2. Can we read verse 2 together? 
But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. I'd like you to notice another word, shepherd. A sheepfold is made of a collection of sheep. A sheepfold is made of a collection of sheep. Go to verse 3. He said, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep heareth his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by his name, by name, sorry, and leadeth them out. So, sheep are meant to be led. Say that. Say, sheep are meant to be led. There are key words I'd like you to focus on. The first one is the word shipfold. What is a shipfold? A shipfold, it's a collection of sheep in a particular fold or place that is led by a shepherd. Is that clear? And a shepherd um, is familiar. The, the entire shipfold is familiar with the voice of the shepherd. They understand the voice of the shepherd and they are led by the shepherd. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leads them what out. Say amen. amen. All right, verse 4. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And you know the amazing thing about sheep is this, if you've read about them, that sheep can never confuse their food. They know their shepherd. So even if you mix like four or five sheep fold together and they become mixed because they are all sheep, when the shepherd of a particular sheep fold comes and calls the shepherd and calls his sheep, all the sheep that belong to that sheep fold will separate themselves from the other sheep and they will gather under their shepherd because they know the voice of their shepherd. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Very good. Now, go to Mark chapter 9 verse 38 to verse 40. Mark chapter 9, verse 38 to verse 40. I'm trying to tie something together, and I want you to get this. Mark chapter 9, verse 38. Are we there? Are we there? I'd like you to open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Let him teach you something this morning. And John answered him saying, Master, we saw one Casting out devils in your name. All right? Watch this. And he followed not us. And we forbade him because he followed not us. Now, the disciples were following Jesus all over the place. All right? They were regarded as the disciples of Christ. And Jesus was preaching in all the cities and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. People were believing the, what he was preaching. Then there was a fellow, the Bible didn't tell us anything about his name or where he's from, but it was clear from the action of the fellow, he must have heard what Jesus preached, he must have believed it, and he was acting on it. So one of the disciples were passing the city where this guy was, and they saw this guy doing exactly what Jesus was doing. He was casting out devils, in the name of Christ, and the demons were coming out. But, but something happened. The disciples felt because the guy was not among the top 12. You know, they were arguing who is the greatest. They had a problem with uh, who is the greatest. Typical human problem. And they felt, even though you can do what our master is doing, for the fact that you are not in our party, let me bring it to a political so you can understand what I mean. You are not in our party. 
You are not in our party. You are, we, we, we rebuked him and said, hey, stop that. If you want to be doing what we are doing, you have, to, you have to come to our party and become our party. Go to the next verse. What did Jesus say? And Jesus said, forbid him not. For there is no man which shall do a miracle, what? In my name that can lightly speak evil of me. Go to the next verse, our final verse. What did he say in verse 4? For he that is not against us is on our part, even though he's not in this sheepfold. Are you getting that? Very good. So what am I saying with this? I said planted to serve. Planted to serve. Everybody said, I said planted to serve. Oh, someone said, I said, planted to serve. Write this statement down. We are destined by God to belong to a particular shipfold. The kingdom of God is made of several shipfold. You are destined by God to belong to one. Nobody is a rogue in the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me? Oh, nobody is a rogue. You are destined to belong to a shipfold that is being shepherded by a shepherd. Are you hearing me? If that's the first thing you need to understand. In this particular instance, this guy was not in the shipfold of the twelve, but he was still a follower of Christ. And the disciple wanted to condemn him because he didn't belong to their shipfold. So let me, let me make it up. You are destined by God. A shipfold is another word for the local assembly. I've taught you that the word church, there are two meanings of church. The first meaning of church is a body. Say a body. The church of God is what? A body. And what is that body? You and I. We are the body of Christ. And we are the church. All right? We're a living organism. We're not just, we're not a building. We're a people. The church is the people. When Jesus said, I will build my church, he's talking about people. They, he calls them the ecclesia or the ones that have been called out of darkness into his light as a result of faith in his finished work. So once you're born again, you become a living, active member of the body of Christ, otherwise known as the church. That's the first meaning of the church. Also in the Bible, the church also refers to the coming together of the saints in a particular place. That's why you see Paul in his statement, the church at Corinth, the church in Colossus, the church in Thessalonia. He's referring to the gathering of the saints in a particular place under the oversight of a shepherd or a leader or what you call a pastor or like Peter puts it, an elder. The word elder is also a shepherd or what you call a pastor. So when you're born again, the moment you come into Christ, you are destined to belong to a shipfold. You are destined to be part of a church or a local assembly. See, going to church is not a religious thing. You know, many people think that going to church is just a religious thing we do. Now that I'm a Christian, I have to look for a church to attend so I can be going there. When you attend church with a religious mentality, you are not going to draw from the wisdom that God has put in the system. That's why I want you to understand that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, I'm destined by God to belong to a sheepfold. All believers must be planted... The word planted means connected to an assembly. All believers must be planted or connected to an assembly or to a shipfold. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
And that connection must be by conviction. Everybody say conviction. Say that louder. Say conviction. All believers must be planted or connected to a local assembly by conviction and not by convenience. I will explain that shortly. Turn your Bible to Psalm 92 and verse 13. Psalm 92 and verse 13. All born-again believers, your connection to a, an assembly must be by conviction. And I will explain what I mean shortly by the word conviction. Psalm 92 and verse number 13. The Bible says, Those that be what? Planted in the house of the Lord shall do what? Shall flourish in the courts of our God. To be planted by conviction simply means to be led by the Holy Spirit. The word conviction is an internal persuasion that only the Holy Ghost can give to a believer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The moment you're born again, your relationship with the Holy Spirit, one of his ministry in your life is to guide you, is to direct you. Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, who are they? They are the sons of God. So what it simply means that as sons of God, the Holy Ghost, who is the helper, has been given by our Heavenly Father to help you and I. And one of the ways he helps us is to lead us or to guide us or to direct us. Life is full of realities, issues, so many things. And without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we probably will not be able to navigate our way around. That's what the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledging what will you do, he will direct. And how does God direct your path? By the leading of the Holy Spirit. God directs your path by what? By the leading of the Holy Spirit. How does God direct your path? How does God direct your path? How does God direct your path? By the leading of the Holy Spirit. And can I say this? The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things which God has what? Prepared for them that love him. Listen, everything about our life, everything about your years, your every phase of your life and years has been prepared. But you see, only the Holy Ghost knows them. Only the Holy Ghost knows who you are going to meet. Only the Holy Ghost knows the business you need. He knows where you should go. He knows the next phase of your life. He knows all the relationships that you need. Because hear me very, very clearly, brothers and sisters, not every offer is from God. Are you hearing me? Not every opportunities are destined for you, even though they resemble you or they look like you. The Holy, the Holy Spirit knows what exactly God has prepared for you. One of the errors that the fall of man has introduced into the soul of man is making man think they can figure life without the help of God. We think that the reason God gave us a brain is so that the brain can become the lead in our life. So you hear a lot of errors disguised as motivation. Believe in yourself. You can do it. If you think it, you can... If you don't balance that statement, you're going to make an idolatry of your ambition. Are you hearing me? You will make an idolatry of what? Your ambition. There's a difference between interest, ambition, and being led by God. 
You may like something, but if God didn't lead you there, you're wasting your time. Oh. Many of us are led by survivor. Many of us are led by security. Security, if it gives me food to eat, puts a roof over my head, I don't mind. But, but, but if you're living life that way, you're living life far below what God has destined for you. You will get to a point where certain depression will begin to set in. Everybody say depression. Uh, depression is, what it simply means is that on your journey, you've lost compass. You've lost direction. You've lost focus. And so you're trying to figure it out. And, and, and because you can't figure it out, you are having this occasional moment of depression in you. That, that confusion, it's a sign that God is not the one directing you. Why? Because God is not the author of what? Confusion. If God is leading you, you will not be confused. Did you hear what I said? Can I repeat what I said? If God is leading you, you will not be confused. It doesn't mean you know everything. It doesn't mean you know everything. Because when God told Abraham, leave your father's house and go to the place I will show you. Can you, can you decode that instruction? Eh? Leave your father's house. Your father's house is clear. It is very certain. Is that not true? At least you know the address of your father's house. To the place I will show you. Where is the place that I will show you? Where is it? Eh? No, no. You don't know because you don't know. The place is in a direction that God will lead you. Am I making any sense? That's where it is. So, in working with God, your security and focus at every time is Him. It's Him. And the Holy Spirit, His role is to guide you into everything God has destined for you. Because where God has prepared for you, that's where God's backing, God's favor, and God's support is there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to understand that. God, you see, when you send yourself, be ready to defend yourself. But when you are led by him, he'll be there with you. you, you your Christianity will lack color without his direction. You need him. Say, when we say, Holy Spirit, I need you. See, Holy Spirit is not just speaking in tongue. Speaking in tongue prepares you for his direction, for his refreshing, for his guidance. For his vision. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what the Holy Spirit does. So the, the, the scripture says that they that are planted in the house of the Lord, it's only the Holy Ghost that knows the particular ship for. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will guide your state to a city. When you arrive in the city, there is a church he wants you to be there. Did you hear me? That's why there are some churches you go. If the Holy Ghost didn't lead you there, you won't connect. Are you hearing me? And the reason you don't have persuasion is because you're not led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, your heart will be there. Even, it doesn't matter what goes on. God is obligated to begin to unfold everything that pertains to your life when you are in a place of direction. Am I making any sense? Let, let, let me, I, I told you I was going to talk about convenience. There's a difference between conviction and convenience. Conviction is to be led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit in agreement with the Word. You may not hear a voice, who, because the Holy Ghost doesn't always speak with a voice. It can put an inward weakness in your heart. It can drop a note of peace in your heart. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, the Holy Ghost can lead by an inward weakness, which may or may not be a voice. It can lead you by a vision. It can lead you by dreams. These are all languages of the Spirit. 
All right? But this is what I want you to get. Glory be to God. Hear this. There's a difference between being led by God and led by convenience. What is convenience? Now, hear this. We have a generation of convenience seekers today. There's a difference between conviction and convenience. We have a generation of believers who are led by convenience. What do we mean by the word convenience? Are you ready for this? Convenience simply means is to, when our seeking God is determined by our personal preferences. Convenience simply means when our seeking God is led by our personal what? Preferences. Say that. Say personal preferences. Sometimes one of the ways God deals with our personal preferences is that he will allow a crisis to take place in our life because we're not listening to what the Holy Ghost is saying. And that crisis will corner us to a point where we will come to the end of ourselves because we are always fighting God on the platform of self or flesh. We believe we know some things better than God and we don't need God. In fact, some of us, in, under the guise of personal presence, we have divided our life to certain compartments. In some areas, we believe we don't need God. We don't need God. Why did God give me a brain? So I can figure that. We can't put a healthy balance between the spirit and the natural. And so we have deliberately cornered God out of certain areas of our life under the guise of personal preference. Now, what do I mean by personal preference? Are you ready for this? Yes, Number one, when we use the word people who seek God out of personal preference, some people go to church because of location. It's very close to their house. I'm coming here because I just threw. I don't have to, um, <laughs> I don't have to buy fuel in the car. So you are led by location. What if the church now relocates to a permanent site that is far from your house? What will you do? You look for the closest one again, Abi. See, they go that one before. They come park. When they park, come out. Now I look for the one they they close. So, what happens to you when you now park from where you are staying? Are you listening to what I'm saying? So. Going to a church that God leads you to, it's not about location. It's not about the distance. Do you know where um, Winners Chapel is in Lagos? It's in Ota. Ota is Ogun State. There are people that goes from Ekpe. I don't know if you know Lagos very well. Ekpe is after Leki. They travel, and guess what? They make it for service before time. Sometimes when people are late, it's as if lateness is not a kingdom virtue. I've told you that. And I was telling my wife something this morning. I was coming in church. I said, you will never overcome lateness until you ask yourself, why am I late? If you don't answer it honestly, you will never overcome it. Why do you think somebody who lives in Ekpe will enter his car, leave Ekpe every Sunday and Wednesday, plans his schedule very well, travels all the way from Ekpe, goes to altar on Sunday, attends service, and comes back. Is it that there is no church in his neighborhood there? That's where God wants he or she to go. We are losing out on God's dealings because we want to be led by convenience. We want to be led by location. Oh, sorry, pastor, I can't come. I don't park. That, that means your attachment was not conviction. It was convenience. Because the convenience factor has not changed. Guess what? 
your commitment has also what? Has changed. So you, you find a lot of fair weather Christians today. They are not there for the long haul. They are only there for the short bus. And the problem with convenience is that the spirit is not where convenience is. The spirit is only where conviction is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, number two. Another conv convenience factor is likes. Some people go to a church because they like of their life. Say, I like their praise and worship. You know, when they sing, the thing is very hot. I've heard some the grace of Christians, though. See, that praise and worship, eh? they shake blood, they make blood, they boil. When they sing up, the thing they sweet me. What does that even mean for Christ's sake? What does sweeten you? Are you in a club? Praise and worship is not part of you, praise and worship is worshiping God. It's not about entertaining you, it's about honoring Him. Are you understanding me? Why you worship Him, you get edified. But, but when you wait, make praise and worship about your likes and your dislikes, it's like choosing between one musician. I like David I don't like whiskey. That's what you do. You just bring it to that. Where if I now have a part of the service I like and I connect because it's about what I like. You are a convenience-driven believer. You're not a spirit-led Christian. Number two. Number three. Another thing is security concern. We live in a, tell, a time where security is an issue now. But let me ask you a question. The Bible said the name of the Lord is what? Is a strong tower. The righteous run it to it and they are saved. Christians who have security issue are Christians that have more faith in Satan's ability to harm them than in God's ability to protect them. You know why people fear? Because they have more faith in the enemy's ability. That's why you fear if you believe God is your refuge and your fortress, then you know that he can take care of you. Are you hearing me? One of our confessions is that I am protected and preserved in Christ. Jude 1.1. 1, 1. That's who you are. Do you believe God can keep you? As a matter of fact, do you know God is the one that has been keeping you? Do you know the same road you have been passing, other people have been passing, they've either kidnapped them or they've had an accident, but you have not had that. Why? Because he's the one protecting you. See, see, fear is faith in the enemy's ability to harm you. And when you are afraid, what it means is that your trust in God has gone low. So guess what? What you are afraid of is what you talk. If you are not afraid of God and you are afraid of the enemy, you will talk more about what the enemy is doing. Job said, the things I feared most as what? Has come upon me. So if security concern is your problem, then there's an issue. What will be safe for you? Let me ask you a question. What do you think will mean safe? What will be safe enough for you? Are you hearing what I'm saying? What will be what? There was a, um, somebody say, it's only people that are on the road that has accidents. Who told you? There was a guy sleeping in his house. A car fell break from road. I think it was a, a, a lorry, 9-11. Crash building where the guy was lying down on his bed, oh. Crash building and came boom and killed him inside the house. Who told you security and safety is a place? Security and safety is in who? It's in God. If God is not the one protecting you, you are not safe. Did you hear what I said? If God is not your, your refuge and your fortress, brother, you are not safe. Even if you feel like, go and live inside a house where military is guiding you. The thief that will come for you will be one of the military people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
No place is safe outside Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No place is safe outside who? Christ. He's our safety. He gave us his name and his name is our cover. Praise the name of the Lord. Somebody say God is a good God. Another convenience factor is family interest. This is the church our family has been going to. My papa, you go here. My mama, you go here. My grandfather, now here. My great-grandfather, now here. My great-great-great-grandfather, now here. My great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, now here. Now here we go there, now here we go die. You are a political person. A political Christian. You're not a spirit-led Christian. In Christianity, your allegiance is to Jesus and Jesus alone. Did you hear what I said? He's our shepherd. He's the one that will lead us where we need to go. And if you're not led by the shepherd, then, then you need to ask yourself, who is your Lord? Tell, I am a this. I will die a this. Your problem is ignorance. Family interest. Family interest. Say, this is not our family church. Then another factor is popularity. What you got? Today we have social media. We like to go where it's trending. It's popular. It could be popular for many reasons. And, 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 and we, we like to belong to what is popular. But what if God wants to raise you from somewhere else? Yeah. What if God wants to raise you from somewhere else? I've told you this testimony several times. A young guy who attends a church... Not a, just, he was in the service one day and God spoke through the preacher that was invited. He said, the Spirit of God said, God is about to lift you up. He said, okay. He went to work. What was his job? Packing the tea. You know the way they pack the tea? It's not even the ones that has car. He's the one that will use some of all those small, small things to be helping himself. But God has spoken. What God told him was what was prepared for him before he was born. The spirit just revealed it and gave it to him. It so happened that day he went out, he was walking, the governor of the state was passing the street. As the convoy was passing, the Holy Spirit made sure that he saw this man and he told the security, stop the car. For reasons best known to the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost alone, Governor came and walked to meet the man, greeted him. So, what's your name? He said, yes. He looked at him. He gave him his card. He said, come to the government house tomorrow. Come and see me. He went there. They gave him contract to pack all the dirty in the state. And they mobilized him very well. You think his life will not change? Your problem is, some of you have eaten antelope's leg. You will not stay in one place. Chop, 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 chop. You will run away from what God has blessed you. So I see something is pushing you. You are not, you can't say to now. You will run away from what God is bringing to you. You take off everywhere. Some of you, you're, you, in the name of, you are looking for what you don't know, self. Even you, you don't even know what you're looking for. You just know you are running. Any breeze blow you, you will go. Anyone come, you will go. No, no stability, no focus, nothing. You need to learn to be planted where you are so you can flourish there. Say amen. Another factor of convenience is ambience. We like to go to a place where there's AC. 
If God eventually helps us to have AC, praise God. But if you are looking for AC, this is not your judge rule. Did you hear what I said? Because some of us, they feel, say there's a church to go everywhere, it's AC. Check the history. They didn't start with AC. They did not start with what? You know, all this AC generation, you know, young, say, say to your church, they sweat. Me, I know they want, every time they go out, they blow myself there. I, say, I want to go where my, my skin, my, say you will not enter soon again, Abby. You will stay, you will sleep there. Not only you will attend church, you will just be there permanently. Some of us go to church because we're looking for ambience. So, you know, the, the equipment. I don't know if you know this. There was a time in this church that we didn't have equipment. The microphone was my voice. We didn't have drum. We didn't have all these things we are saying. We didn't have anything. If we were serving God and obeying God because of instrument, then we will not be where we are today. This year makes the church 21 years. How many years? We started 2002, March. That's when we started. We didn't get to where we are overnight. Our generations, we are always, we have what I call this microwave mentality. We are looking for ready-made. We're looking for, and we think life is like that. I know what's so far. Hey, wait, 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 hey, wait, excuse me. Who in his right mind wants to suffer? Ask me. My friend used to say, Femo, is, you know, is it because I they wear shoe and get a be No, me say, I don't know quality. No, me say, I don't know it to be quality. I know. It's just because I can't afford it now. So I'm managing myself according to my level. We, we have a generation of young people that are driven with ready-made mindset. They, they, they want to graduate from school, do youth service in one year, by the second year, they have built their house, they've bought a car, they've married. In fact, one child is on the way and they are connected, everything. They are going to do Yahoo. That's still, because you have to be a thief for that to happen to you. Do you think God has no reason to make it sure that the day you were born was not the day you started talking? You know he could have done that. Yes. Eh? He could have done that. The day you were born, as you came out of, hey, mommy, finally, you don't bring me come outside. In fact, this nine months where you put me inside here, will you not, will you not run away? It's not the day a baby is born, the baby talks. The baby goes through a period or series of changes. Many of you are not patient, not just patient, you lack understanding about the process of change. That's why your commitment is up and down. You don't understand the process of change. You don't allow God to build you, plant you, stabilize you. Peter said, after you have suffered for a while, he said, God will do what? Will establish you and will settle you. We, we don't get to the settlement because we're not willing to pay the price. We're looking for convenience. We don't want to learn the principle of the word and grow. We don't want to learn how to use our faith. We don't want to learn how to confess the word of God. We don't want to learn how to be consistent in attending church, consistent in attending prayer meeting. We just want everything to just work quick, just quick. Oh yeah, quick, quick. Oh, suppose, suppose. No, 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 no. What are you just talking about? Do one now. And, and when you do that, you become susceptible to deception from Satan. He, can, he will manipulate the hell out of your life. We, we, we have people today who are not committed. They don't have commitment. Some of them, they're even ashamed of their church. They're where they go. I see they find. And they've been in their church for 10 years. 
Maybe because their church is not trendy, so they are ashamed of it. Then something is wrong with your attachment. You are not planted by conviction. You are planted by what? Convenience. Conviction is not about the ambience. Church, it's not about the ambience. Church is being where Jesus wants you to be so you can grow and do what he wants to do in your life. Are you hearing me? Because the prosperity of your life is the prosperity of a lot of people. Are you hearing me? What happens to you must happen through you. And if you're not where God wants you to be, you will not allow the spirit to do what he wants to do in your life. And as a result, you will become a hindrance in the flow of God's plan because there are people God wants to touch through your life. There are people God wants to heal through your life. There are people God wants to raise through your life. There are people God wants to favor through your life. There are people God wants to change through your life. And you are not in, if you're not in the place of assignment, then you are resisting the plan and purposes of God for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tell them, say, be planted by conviction. Let me say this before I begin to round up. I'm going to take it up in the second service. I said the local assembly, or what we call the church, is God's appointed sheepfold that provides opportunity in serving the Lord in different capacity. Remember in Romans 12, 11, he said, do not be slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. How do we serve? We said service begins with serving where? In the house of God. And the house of God is the local assembly that God has planned and established by the Spirit of God as the structure for believers, the platform for believers to serve God. Because if not, we cannot... Have you heard somebody say, I deserve God my will? Have you heard people talking like that? There's a woman that used to come to church years, years ago. And, and we're doing the fasting and prayer in church, general fasting and prayer in church. And somebody saw her and said, ah, I didn't see you in the general prayer. You know what she said? She said, no, I, I have the way I do my own. I have the way I do my own. No, no, there's nothing like that. When, when you belong to an assembly and there is a general prayer and fasting, you, you are part of That's what the church, the early church did. They continued steadfastly in one accord. In prayers. They continued what? Steadfastly in one accord, in prayers, in breaking of bread, and in fellowship. Am I making any sense? So, so the local assembly is the place and the platform that God has made available for us to serve. What are you doing in the house of God? There are a lot of opportunities. Why, why do you think we have different departments or units? These are platforms where you can serve God with the giftings of God in your life. And as you serve God, you are making available to him the offering. Because every department is about being a vessel to reach people. Whether it's a temple, you will meet people. Ushery, you will meet people. Choir, you will meet people. Every department in church has a connection with people and God is interested in reaching people. I remember we were ministering one meeting in Sapler Fellowship then. We used to hold it every Sunday. And someone was coming for a meeting um, that was in Unica. I think it was in Unica. One of our campus outreach there. Our mother just died and she was heartbroken. And, and because, you see, there's a way you grieve and it will become demonic. 
But there's a way you grieve, it will be healthy. So you need to be careful that from grieving, you don't enter depression. Because when you enter depression, you open yourself to spirits. She had become so grieved with the loss of her mother that she didn't see how she can survive without her mother. So guess what she does? Anywhere she goes, she starts seeing her mother talking to her. She will see her mother speaking to her. You know, so to her, her mother is still with her, but it's a demon. So one day she was coming to one of the fellowship in Calabar, and as she was walking into the place, the, the, according to her, the mother appeared and said, don't enter that place. He saw the picture of him and said, don't. But that was in the mother. That was a demon. It was a familiar spirit that was taking the form and the shape of the mother. He said, don't enter. So she stood in front of the fellowship and she was uh, wondering, do I go or do I go? Then one of the usher, filled with the Holy Ghost, noticed her and just came to her, held her. Say, hey, come inside. If you are not an usher that is Holy Ghost filled, you are a political usher. There is no happy that you are not the head of the usher. And that they always ask you to stand in one place where your connection to ushery is by convenience, not by conviction. You will not understand that you are in a place of warfare. Everything to you is always personal. If it doesn't suit what you want, you are angry. Thank God she knew what the Holy Ghost. She said, hey, come. And as he held her, the image disappeared as she walked into the place. She said, as Pare was ministering, that she opened her face and she looked over the and there was fire all over the fellowship. Fire everywhere. And the voice was, the voice couldn't appear inside the fellowship. It, appeared, it was here in the voice. Leave this place. Leave this place. Leave. He said as the meeting was going and the word began to come, the voice of that that he thought was the mother started decreasing, decreasing, decreasing until it disappeared. You don't know what people are going to. There are people who come to church, they are in battles. I remember the lady we invited for a meeting one time, and um, I went with a brother to go and visit her, and as we were sharing the word, she said, they don't come, they don't come. <laughs> so I said, who come? <laughs> he said, they don't come. He said, they don't come. I said, so I look at the guy, I said, who they come? <laughs> he said, they don't come. Oh, she said, she started panicking you could see that there were things she was seeing that we were not seeing. So then I knew it was, ah, I said, oh, you mean them? Ah, I said, no, wrong mistake. I said, all of you in the name of the disappear from, now! And they left. And we invited her for a meeting. She was to come. On her way to the meeting, he said, a, a woman appeared to her and said, don't go to that place. I was the one preaching that day. Said then she stopped, said, leave and go back. And she wanted to, said she felt a force pulled her towards the meeting. And she turned and entered, and they, and they escorted her inside. And, and while she was there, I remember that day, Mena was in the meeting that day. And as I was speaking, where she were, the Holy Ghost, it was like we were all sitting there, next thing she was suspended in the air. What, you know all those things you see in movie? The force of the Spirit threw her out of the place, through the window and landed on the ground. It took, four people could not lift her. There was a demonic force that took over her strength that four brothers could not move this woman. So, so there, there are, the church is established to be a blessing to people. It's not for politics. 
It's not for your pettiness and all your, your petty jealousy. And all. No, no, the church is much. God is in the business of saving men and bringing them to the knowledge of the truth. So when you are connected to the body, which is the church, it should be by conviction and not by what? Convenience. Rise up on your feet. Let me stop here. We'll continue in the second service. Hallelujah. Just take your offerings and just thank God for the word you've heard this morning. Thank God. Thank God. Don't miss the second service. You're going to learn a lot with that. Don't miss it. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.